Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rock and Retrospect. I'm your host, Nick Babek. Today, I'm joined by four returning guests. Our first guest, he was the guest on our Cheryl Crow episode. Among others, it's David Schnellwar. How's it going, David? I'm fine. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Next, we have Greg Purek, who was on our Joe Cocker episode, our Kennedy Center Honors episode, many others. How's it going, Greg? Great. Thanks for having me, Nick. Happy induction day. Happy induction day. It's like the Super Bowl for you. <laughs> we also have the great Tom Lane, who was on our Spinners episode. Like He's like the man of the hour, I would say, <laughs> for, for this recording. He's on Teddy Pendergrass, our country music and the rock. He's like a favorite in this <laughs> uh, this podcast world. How's it going, Tom? Oh, very glad to be here today. Oh, yeah. Very special day for me. I know it's like it's it's literally like Christmas Day for you. Like you opened the gift, you were like, "Oh my God, I can't believe it!" I just can't, I just can't believe it. It's worth getting up at five a.m. in the morning out here on West Coast for. That would be like the downfall of following the rock hole. It's like you got to wake up so much earlier than us East Coast people. So it's just really yeah. funny setting the alarm real early. <laughs> yeah, oversleep. <laughs> no, you don't want to oversleep for that. Um, even though they made it almost impossible to find where to listen oh. to the announcement. But I just looked on the website. Now, our final guest is the great and lovely Michelle Berg, who was on our <laughs> Carly Simon episode or Kennedy Center Honors episode, among others. How's it going, Michelle? Uh, it's great. Thanks for having me. Anytime. We were going to have Mark Lemke back on the show, but he couldn't make it tonight. So we're going to try to do Mark uh, justice tonight. And Hopefully he'll listen and he'll enjoy our episode, but we miss you, Mark. I hope everyone's doing well. We're going to be talking about the 2023 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction class that was announced this morning. We got some time to digest, think about our thoughts about what happened. There are 13 inductees this year, and the 13 inductees are George Michael, Cheryl Crow. Willie Nelson, Missy Elliott, Kate Bush, The Spinners, Rage Against the Machine. That's all in the performers category that were voted in by the larger voting body. And then in the side categories, which are done by the special committees, we have in the musical excellence category, we have Shaka Khan, Al Cooper, and Bertie Toppin. We have musical influence, which was called early influence, but they renamed it to musical influence. And we have DJ Coolherk and Link Ray. And the Ahmet Erdogan Award, which is the non-performer category, we have Don Cornelius, uh, the host of Soul Train, getting that award. Yeah, we got 13 inductees this year, and the ceremony is going to take place on November 3rd in Brooklyn, back at the Barclays Center, my home state. So it's like kind of cool that they're going back there. What a hell of a class, and there's so much to talk about today. But before we get started, I did want to talk about the draft that we did back in December. Fortunately, Michelle couldn't make it to that one. And we had Mark on the show. And what we essentially did was we did five rounds where we each picked person that we thought would make the ballot. So it was Mark, it was Greg, it was David, Tom, and myself. And let's see the results. So David, unfortunately, struck out. None of the people made the class. Mark did get Two, right? He got Kate Bush and Willie Nelson. So that gives him a total of three points because one point for a returning nominee, two points for a newly nominated person, like never nominated before, or slash return. They weren't on the ballot and they were ushered in through a side category. 
And then the third one is you get inducted your first year of eligibility. So Mark got three points. Greg got, wow, Greg got four points because he had George Michael, who got in his first time on the ballot. And I'm giving him two points for Shaka Khan slash Rufus because the Rock Hall had no idea what the hell they were doing. And they all wanted Shaka anyway. We're going to talk so much about her tonight. But Greg got four points. And how many points did I get? Oh, I got three because Missy Elliott got inducted. So Greg is winning right now. And let's see, Tom Lane, you got two points because you got Cheryl Crow. So our winner, the 2023 draft is Greg. Congratulations, Greg. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) On a technicality, but I don't care (laughs) because Shaka Khan is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it's so overdue. So I'm beyond ecstatic. So I figured what we would do is we would kind of talk about each of the inductees this year. We'll go category by category, and then we'll finish off probably with the performers. So we're going to start off with the musical excellence inductees, and let's start talking about Shaka Khan. Michelle, I know you have reached and said yes to Shaka Khan for so many years. What are your thoughts on Shaka getting in? Finally. Uh, what yes. else can you say? Finally. That was the biggest surprise, I think, for me last year to see that she wasn't on. Uh, wasn't on. Uh, they gave it another year before they put her on. But yeah, I think we all knew it was going to be uh, this category. And whatever way it takes, it's, it is great to have her in. We won't go into it tonight, I don't think. But we're going to have to address the whole ballot to category thing. Um, yeah. Because it's not an ideal solution. But the, uh, the, the ends that we have achieved are indeed honorable. I absolutely agree. Tom, I know Shaka was on your short list of must-haves for the Rock Hall. What, what were your thoughts when you saw her on the short list? Oh, today? I, was, I was very pleased. I mean, the fact that she didn't, I, I thought she might get in last year under the, under the same category. But uh, I just had a feeling this, this was going to be the year they were going to put her in. And like Michelle said, I mean... So very deserving. It's too bad Rufus couldn't go in with her, but uh, on her own, she's just a force. And yeah, it's another one of those names I was very happy to hear this morning. Absolutely. And to keep in mind for listeners, she was nominated seven times, four times with Rufus and three times by herself. And after a while, to quote one of her famous songs, I feel for you. I feel for you, Shaka Khan. I mean, after a while, it's like these voters just kept passing her up. And I don't know if it's that they were really competitive ballots or she just didn't resonate with them with the vote totals because we don't know what the final tallies well, John are. Sykes, John Sykes said this morning that and he said, it's definitely one of those situations where the committees decided, okay, enough's enough. You know, we're, we're tired of her being passed up and this is what we're going to use it for. This is what we're going to use the musical excellence for. She's a perfect example of how they're going to use it. And it's someone that I think, especially because in these classes as of late, like soul music and R&B music has kind of been neglected, it seems. So I feel like if we're going to have someone who's really an incredible talent like Shaka Khan keep getting passed over, it's like actually neglecting other worthy artists. It's creating this like log jam so to speak. But I will say Shaka had her 70th birthday a few months ago and she appeared at the Rock Hall. And I remember that in an email that the Rock Hall sent me, uh, they had a exhibit and she was there for like a Q&A and she's yeah. donating items. I'm thinking, yeah, this has to be the time. If there <laughs> ever was a time for them to finally say enough is enough, let's put her in. I think that um, 
it's sad because I think she should get in as a performer, but I think it's more of a failure yeah. of the voting body like L. Cool J and Judas Priest in recent memory. Greg, do you have thoughts? You picked Shaka for the draft and, you know. <laughs> yeah, I picked her. I just felt, felt like it was a safe pick. You know, certainly deserving. I'm more relieved now that frees up another ballot sp- spot in the coming years. A few of these inductees this year, some multiple uh, multiple time nominees get to free up some uh, some ballot spots. And yeah, I've heard that discussed, uh, Nick, today a lot there, her appearance at the Rock Hall uh, not too long ago. And uh, she did like a panel discussion and, and donating some items. So wonder if there was some discussion before that saying, hey, you know, why would she donate items if she wasn't didn't know she was going to be getting in this year? You know, as far as it being musical excellence versus voted in, I don't really care because after November 3rd this year, no one's going to know the difference and no one's going to make that distinction. She's right. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Shaka Khan from here on out. Absolutely. As it should have been for so many years, because that woman is so talented and she is just a powerhouse and a vocalist. And I'm just glad that they told us something good this morning <laughs> with uh, Shaka Khan. See, I'm going to just throw it's a sweet these- thing. <laughs> Oh, we could go through the spuds all day. (laughs) David, what are your thoughts on Shaka? Get it in. I think she was way overdue. It was frustrating to say why with certain R&B females, and she was definitely one of them. I do think personally, and I don't know this for a fact, I do think Questlove and Tom Morello have a say with this musical excellence because I know for a fact Questlove said his top priorities were L. Cool J and Shaka Khan, and I know Tom Morello said Judas Priest. And he also said New York Dolls, so I'm, ex- I'm expecting them next year for this category. But I don't know that for a fact, but it's just too coincidental. But she's way overdue. She should have been in years ago, so I'm happy about it. And yeah. she's the first one to get this who wasn't on the ballot the same year. Yeah, it's just one of those instances where it's like Kraftwerk from two years ago, where Kraftwerk were nominated continuously, didn't the needle didn't move at all with them, and... You know, it's, I think, a similar situation. It's like, enough is enough. Just put her in. She's worthy. I'm fine with it just being Chaka Khan. Personally, you're really honoring her. Nothing against Rufus, and that's a whole other conversation, probably. But for me, at least, I feel that they're looking mainly at her. And plus, I think what Tom told me in the past is that there's a lot of, like, bad blood in terms of, like, legal issues with them. So maybe it's for the best that it's just Shaka Khan. Because the last thing we need is more drama at the Rock Hall. She doesn't have great things to say about her time with Rufus. I think, like you said, it's probably best she gets in by herself. Boy, maybe she doesn't even show up. I don't know, but uh, she's getting in by herself. Did she say that on that that Woman Who Rock epic special series? I think she said that on that. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. And this way, maybe since it's shaka khan for musical excellence maybe the package will encompass her time with rufus as well for sure uh, kind of kind of a catch-all oh, yeah you know, i'm to, sure on the to. rock hall channel they'll play rufus songs to honor her well here's <laughs> what i think the scenario is going to be mary j blige i'm going to predict is her doctor because what was what a mary j blige's first hits sweet thing which was a cover of the rufus shaka khan song and then either she'll perform on stage with shaka and you'll probably hear I'm Every Woman. You'll probably hear Tell Me Something Good or Nate Nobody, which are some of them are proof of songs. So I think that it's going to also, in my opinion, Amy Linden was also someone that has said to me too, like Shaka was her biggest priority. So I feel like if they all want Mary J. Blosh back in the belt, which is what I've heard from different people, I don't think you, you can get to her without Shaka first. So yeah, I think that Mary J. 
who was there at the ceremony in the audience, I think she's going to play ball with the hall, so to speak, and come back then. Because she's everything too, Mary J. Blosh. I love her very much. Yeah. But yeah, Shaka's worthy. Let's talk about Al Cooper next. This is probably a name that a lot of people online were saying, who the hell is Al Cooper? I, I saw that and I was thinking, well, he was initially in Blood, Sweat and Tears, but also he played with Bob Dylan and the Rolling Stones and The Who and Jimi Hendrix experience and Bo Diddley. He is the person that produced and essentially discovered Leonard Skinner. He's uh, still alive. He's He's another one of those names that has been talked about for many 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 years i can remember the early 2000s his name coming up as a uh why isn't he in the rock hall as a, like a session musician sideman so to speak yeah i think hopefully his his induction here will get people to look look him up because he's had a pretty incredible career session musician extraordinaire like you said what you said with leonard skinner and, and bob dylan and he's a writer he also sings and produces and yeah, he's had an incredible career. It's one of those amazing things. When I saw it this morning, I said, wow, they remembered him. You know, it's one of those you think would never get in, especially as a sideman or musical excellence or whatever they were calling it. But um, yeah, I'm very happy he's gotten in there. And I think something to keep in mind Ed, is that he, he played on two really famous songs. He played the organ on Bob Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone, and he played the piano on... Uh, the Rolling Stones, You Can't Always Get What You Want, which are two really famous songs that you know that for sure they're going to um, yeah. highlight in that package very heavily. And I was going to say, isn't there, If I, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, wasn't there a Blood, Sweat, and Tears documentary that just came out too recently? Yeah, it just came out, I think, early this year, like maybe a month ago, two months ago, something like that. How yeah. much of that do you think played into yeah, this induction? Really... <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, just getting the name back out there again. Blood, Sweat, and Tears name, not so much the David Clayton Thomas era, but certainly people will go, oh, yeah, but they had that first album. And pretty much everyone loves that first album that Al Cooper was on. You know, it's sort of like a classic. Is and it the child as a father? It might have had a little, it might have brought some, uh, you know, might have brought some uh, attention in that room there when they were picking these names. You know, the Rock Hall loves their documentaries, as a late. It's like. Yeah, they love their documentaries. <laughs> It's like if you got a documentary, you increased your chances like 80% with this group of people. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> well, it brings attention to some names that kind of have slipped through the cracks speak. You know, certainly Al Cooper or Nina Simone. So, you know, those type of names certainly get helped by documentaries. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Look him up out there. Go on, go on <laughs> yeah. Spotify or something, too. There's, there's a lot of good stuff on him out there. I think that this calls attention he's to maybe their singer too. Episode. He's a really good singer. Yeah, he's a good singer too. Very underrated singer. You should listen to him sing. Not so much just a session guy. Yeah, I'm curious because I know so, I know the name, but not enough except yeah. for I know the organ on. Like, I think that I think that's happened to a lot of a lot of people this morning. You know, probably a lot of older uh, voters or whatever probably said, "Oh yeah, Al Cooper, man, hell yeah, I love that guy." And then there was others that. Hmm. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Stephen Van Zandt was very happy, very excited about uh, Al Cooper. Oh, that makes, I think he might have had something to do with it. That makes sense, though, because that's his wheelhouse is like 60s rock, especially, yeah. and blues yeah. rock. And uh, yeah, I could I could totally see that. He plays on a, like a lot of the artists on Underground Crush or ones that <laughs> Al Cooper played on. And he was also on the Blues Project, which is a band that I really need to check out more, too. <laughs> Let's talk about Bernie Toplin, who is the 
third and final inductee uh, this year in the musical excellence category. Michelle, you love Elton John, right? I do, I do. It was incomplete without Bertie Toplin. Like, I remember <laughs> one of my favorite memories with the Rock Halls when Elton was inducted, first ballot in 94. I remember Axl Rose giving like the worst speech ever on Elton John, which was, it was so bad. And then Elton accepts the award and then he gives Bernie the award. Says, really, it goes to him. Like, there would be no Elton John without Bertie Toplin. And it always stuck out to me for some reason that moment. But what are your thoughts on? You're right. It was it was kind of incomplete without him. I think it was uh, Eric on the uh, Hall Watchers podcast. With I'm halfway through lis- listening to that, and he said uh, Bernie Toppin's songs have just entered into our global life, which I thought was just such a great way of putting it. Did have that little misstep with "We Built This City," but <laughs> we'll overlook that. <laughs> But 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 definitely deserved, and I I can't imagine but that Elton John is so happy tonight when when uh, the movie came out when Rocket Man came out. Elton said it was it was a Valentine for Bernie. So uh, another another little Valentine for Bernie. Absolutely, uh, David. What are your thoughts on Bernie Toplin getting in? I thought it was possible. I feel like since they're adding more people, I think they're looking for known names and big presenters to go with it. Inductors, I mean, that's the same thing. I'm happy he's in. He's overdue. Yeah. And how much of it is that they want Elton John there, too, like you said? <laughs> and, you know, he's got, and I actually thought he was going to be for George Michael. Like, yeah, I agree. Me too. But now it's like, I don't know, because who else could honestly induct Bernie Toplin to him justice than his frequent collaborator for the last half century? Peanut butter and jelly almost in a way. I agree. And they won an Oscar together recently for the song from the Rocket Man movie. So, yeah, they did. Yeah, so definitely I expect Elton John to induct him. Greg, do you have any thoughts on Bernie Toplin? Uh that he was that was one of my uh biggest uh, pleasant surprises today when I saw his name because I've thought for a long time he he should be in well deserved and arguably should have been inducted at the same time as Elton John, you know, 30 years ago now. So I'm glad glad to see him while he's still around to to accept it. Yeah, I didn't realize, too, he's only like in his early 70s. I thought he was much older. It's just a testament to how young both him and Elton were when they started their collaboration, which is actually, now that I think about it, as they say out loud, that wasn't Rocket Man, because you saw that. But it's it's kind of crazy how much yeah. cultural ubiquity they have still today. Yeah, I'm really excited for him. Tom, what are your thoughts on him getting in this year? Oh, well, definitely very deserved. I mean, plus I like to see songwriters writers get in there you know i was kind of hoping also maybe Bert backrack or how david could get in this year as well but yeah he's he's another one of those names it looked like they they went into the past here another one of those names you kept hearing oh yeah bernie should be in bernie should be in and yeah very nice that they finally got to him this year absolutely and i think that it also solidifies something that was said on the Rock Hall's website is that him and John are one of music's greatest duos. Like they put them in the same category as Goffin and King and uh, Liebert Schroeder and Lennon and McCartney. And one name that stuck yeah, out is the only name that's not inducted and I'm salty on because you guys know I wrote a piece on them is Ashford and Simpson who should get it next year because that would warm my heart so much. And not only do they have a solid case for the Rock Hall, pun intended, <laughs> but Motown people, like Motown will always get people happy and excited. And oh my God, yes, after Shaka 
please. Pun, throw pun, in a, did you throw in a song title pun there too? A solid case? Is that what you were? <laughs> yes. <laughs> solid Ashford and Simpson. I gave <laughs> of course. I'm like all about the bad puns. You guys know this by now. And to me, a Hall of Famer should be someone that's just, they almost don't need to be explained sometimes. Like you just know when you see them and he is definitely one of them. So there are three inductees in the musical excellence category. Let's move on to musical influence, which was known as the early influence category. It was reimagined over time. It really started with Wanda Jackson in 2009 when she was inducted in that category. And then it's kind of gotten more loose, so to speak, over the years. Like you saw Freddie King in 2012. You saw recently with Kraftwerk get it in two years ago in that category. They reimagined it so much that it only made sense for them to just change the name to Musical Influence. I was going to ask the group, because I was kind of busy at work today, did they give any explanation or any reasoning behind that? I haven't heard a a thing other than just on their website where they list the new class. It just said Musical Influence instead of Early Influence. Uh, I haven't heard anything mentioned or, or discussed about it. I think there was something listed somewhere that they explained the difference or why they changed the name, but I'm not 100% sure about that. By calling it musical influence now, they can bring in any any decade, I guess, right? I mean, they can just say, well, this guy had musical influence in the 90s or something like that. You know, it's like, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, keep telling you, remember, there's always, there was always controversy about early influence, you know. Oh, well, uh, Freddie King, that that's not early influence. He started in late 50s and we should go before 1950 and Wanda Jackson was another one. Oh, but that's not quite, you know, and but now they just putting it musical. They can just do whatever, you know, how the hall is, do whatever they want. So, and I think they saw this coming by putting in uh craft work and uh, L- no, I mean, craft work is early influence and were they early influence? They were early influence, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Craft work. Yeah. So by doing it like that, now they can put in any decade they can, they want. Yeah, and now they've really dug into really any era at this point, because the first person we're going to talk about is DJ Fulher, who was a very famous DJ. Well, he was born in Kingston, Jamaica, but then he was foundational to the, the development of hip-hop in the mid to late 70s. And he was, you know, there's really not too many recordings of DJ Herc's music that I know of, really. I think if I had to guess, I think his first album came out, I think, a few years ago. I only know this because of the Rock Hall Reconsidered project when his name came up. And I always made those playlists, if you guys remember. And I struggled mm-hmm. to find one of his uh, just because none of them existed. But the name was always set out because I always knew who he was. Does mm-hmm. anyone have any familiarity or anything they'd like to say about uh, DJ Cooler? I know He's his good. name came up with Alan Light recently. It should be said, he was one of the three early hip-hop pioneers with Grandmaster Flash and Africa Bambata. Mm -hmm. So I always knew him from that. I heard Joel Perezman, so I always knew he was looming as a possibility. And it's the 50-year anniversary of hip-hop, So I was, and it's in Brooklyn, so I was in New York in general. So I thought it was now is the time to do it if it was going to happen. Yeah, the the, the discussion the around him seemed to build and build, especially with that Alan Light interview. So it, it it almost was not so surprising to see his name this morning. But you're right, Nick. I, I just looked up and his discography. He did release an album in 2019, but that's not what is getting him in. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be a cool uh, cool uh, 
induction for sure. Yeah, I like he is a very foundational figure. Um, and they're not going to af- just as like just to add to David's thing, they're not going to do Eric Africa Bombada after all the controversy, even though he probably should objectively be in the rock hall. I don't, and he know. was nominated once back, yeah, when one, I, one time. yeah, one time, probably won't see him again. Yeah, and that was like before those allegations happened because I think it was the class of yeah. 2008, yeah, because it was right after Grandmaster Flash got inducted. But uh, Africa Bombada on there. Um, I don't, when it was chronological for a moment. <laughs> and way before Eminem and all that. Way before. Well, they picked a perfect year, obviously. This is probably the, the least surprising name I saw on the side categories this year. I expected him to get a, an induction nod this year. I mean, um, I mean, you guys have already said every reason why he should be in. You know, he's a pioneer, so... Yeah, definitely deserving. Let's move on to talk about the second musical influence category. This one actually might be my favorite of the 13 because it gives me a little bit of hope for the future. And that's Link Ray. Link Ray was first nominated. Well, back up for a sec. He was first eligible as long as the Rock Hall has had nominations since 1986. But he was nominated as a performer in 2014 and 2018. He was infamously chosen for the singles category. His uh, iconic song, Rumble, in 1958, from 1958, was the song that was chosen. And a lot of people wrote off his chances, including myself in a way, because I was kind of like, they already honored the song. Like, are they going to actually honor the artists for that, even though they screwed up with the Isley brothers the following year and I attended that ceremony and that was horseshit. Um, but you know, anyway, um, I'm really happy for Link Ray. You have a native American or indigenous performer in the rock hall, which there are very few of, and he's just a pioneer. And I always think of that, um, impact that rumble, especially it had on so many great guitarists, like all time greats, like Jimmy page and Jeff Beck and The Edge and so many people. So, Michelle, I know you've written about Link Ray in the past. What are your thoughts on him getting in this year? I didn't think it was going to happen. I'm so happy. Uh, ditto. <laughs> um, that was one of one of my jaw dropping. My, my jaw dropped a few times this morning, and that was definitely one of them. I just don't know what to add to that. Just so you're speechless. We got Michelle I'm, I'm, speechless. I'm essentially speechless. Yeah, I I um. I DM'd the Link Ray Twitter account that uh, Link Ray's daughter kind of used to to speak through. Uh, they answered and they said they would they would pass along our good wishes to the family, and it was just a wonderful surprise. So wherever his daughter is today, I just am so happy for her. I am really looking forward to the package and and maybe a tribute performance. I'm hoping. I hope he, especially if you're going to do a song, you're going to do Rumble, mm-hmm. and you just have like a jam sort of mm-hmm. like few guitarists almost like they did for uh 2009 when they had the train kept rolling just something mm-hmm. cool like that that would be amazing quite honestly yeah. you you know the pop in that room will be huge oh yeah <laughs> that was uh like michelle said one of the big surprises and, and a happy surprise you know when when he was uh when rumble was put into the singles category when little steven presented that you know he said this doesn't preclude you from being inducted down the line and Everyone just thought he was full of shit, and it's nice to see that he wasn't. Sometimes he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those that when uh, he got that crazy little singles award or whatever for song, I thought I thought that was it. I thought we wouldn't hear from him again. 
you know, I, but hats off to Stephen Van Zandt. Uh, he, he apparently has probably been putting his name up every year, and he, he finally broke through this year. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, – I mean, it's just incredible, really. I, I was really – I, I was kind of <laughs> kind of shocked to see his name come back up this morning, but uh, pleasantly so. I guess I'm the only one who wasn't surprised. <laughs> Stephen Van Zandt was a big advocate for him, and I've seen him still mention him, and he was on the bat. And yeah, so I wasn't a, like that surprised because of the singles category, but um, it's worthy, and a lot of people he influenced. Who I have a question: Who else do you think could get this in the future? Like, er, like the early influence. Musical influence award. Do you hmm. think like Fela Kuti could since he topped the fan vote? Not topped it, but yeah, right, uh, yeah I yeah. think he's very possible. Yeah, I think so too. Big Mama Thornton possible. still out there. Yeah. yeah. That was that was kind of the that was kind of a in terms of omissions, that was kind of a surprise. I didn't see her name that she didn't get in this year. Again. Well Courtney Love mentioned her, so he brought her back to the conversation. I could see Connie Francis also coming up mm-hmm. if they want, nice. especially a push for more women in that category. I think Connie Francis would be an excellent choice. I, I mean, That's a name that I talked to Tom a lot about is Neil Sadaka would be a good choice. Yeah, that'd but, be really good. But I don't know if he's musical excellence because he's technically a songwriter too. So it's like, or oh, you know who's a good one? I just thought of is Dick Dale. Dick Dale should be yes. the next yes. one because I'm trying to think of people who maybe wouldn't resonate on a ballot anymore with a about, performer. What about Herbie Hancock? Would, would, he be, would Herbie Hancock be influence or excellence? Um, I think excellence for Herbie oh, Hancock. Okay. I bet he, he played on like, you know, Miles Davis and he played on different, like even Jody Mitchell, right? If I'm not mistaken, like he's kind of all over the place. It was a tribute, a tribute album to Joni Mitchell. I'll give a hot take on Kirby Hancock. I think he would get in as a performer personally. I think if he's ever on a ballot, I would bet he would like get in. Yeah. I think he would, I think he would probably do pretty good on the performer ballot. If not, I think, I think musical excellence though would also be where to go. Another name I was going to throw out there for the group to consider maybe is Love. That's a band that I think they have one really great album. But like, if you're in the know, you know them. Like the Arthur Lee band, Love. Yeah, well, you're talking right in Stephen Van Zandt's wheelhouse right there. And as a, those are the type of names he brings up all the time. If you follow his Twitter feed all the time, eventually people always try and try and you know they try and egg him on with the, well, what about this person? What about that person? And he's always like, well, well yeah, we're. We're we're working on it and stuff like that, <laughs> but uh, love is love is definitely one of the names that's brought up a lot. I know you'll agree with me, Lonnie Donegan. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I forgot to mention two recently nominated people that could probably easily get it as the MC Five and New York yes. Dolls. Those are two I could easily yes. see. Yeah, and the other one could be definitely proto punk, which is before early. So Martin Scorsese documentary just came out. Yes, late last month also. And I don't know if that's going to help for next year, but it couldn't hurt to have it out there. I mean, you got Scorsese directing it or co-directing it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think I'm, I'm with David. I, if I had the early prediction for side category, definitely be the dolls or uh, I guess musical influence, I guess would be the category. I know some people are purists when they talk about this. At this point in life, I feel like, no matter how you get in, it doesn't really matter. I just want to see these people get it while they're still alive. Like Shaka Khan, give her her roses while she's with us. Give us well, Bernie Toplin. Uh, you know what I mean? You don't know what, when these people. That's what. Pass. 
that's what Shaka today. Serious uh, broadcast of the uh, the Rock Hall induction inductions with uh, Mark Goodman and Alan Knight. She said she's just glad she's still alive to uh, to get the uh, the honor. You know, I mean, she sounded like she gave up hope on it. Like she was like not had expectations for it, but she's happy yeah, she got it. She yeah, didn't care for she's she's got got songs. She said she's glad she's still alive to get the honor. Was when yes. she's still here because they brought up Don Cornelius in. Uh, when they were talking with her about it. So that's a perfect segue, Tom. Because yeah. We're missing the name. Who's that name? <laughs> the Ahmet Erdogan Award winner this year, only one honoree in that category, and that's Don Cornelius, the host of Soul Train. Tom, this was he's one of your biggest soul. people to get in. Talk about oh yeah. The one I've, so much. He's yes. been on my he's been on my short list on the non-performer near the top for gee, I don't know since I started following the Rock Hall, when Questlove got on the non-com, and of course Questlove wrote a book about Soul Train, and he list, he mentioned Don he mentioned Don Cornelius a lot, always mentions him, and I thought it, it would happen a lot sooner, as soon as like maybe Questlove got on the on the non-com, but um, yeah, when I saw that this morning, I said, oh yes, now we're, <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, very happy, and obviously he's well, he's very deserving, I mean, for most of the nation, it was either American Bandstand followed by Soul Train on a Saturday or the opposite way around. And, uh, yeah, he brought in uh, R&B music into areas around the country that didn't get to see a lot of R&B music on TV. That's absolutely true. And he is... I mean, I, a lot of R&B performers, especially a lot of R&B performers on, on national TV. Yeah, and Soul Train was such an empire in its own right. It was, it was on for over two decades, oh. and... It was oh, yeah. like if you were on Soul Train, you made it in terms of like, yeah. especially um, in that genre. And this year, it's so weird. It's so heavy on 70 Soul because you have Shaka Khan, you have Spinners, then you have Don Cornelius. It's going to be one big party, I think, so to speak. <laughs> and I'm Maybe so they'll down. do the line dance. Maybe they'll do that Soul Train line dance on the. Okay, if they don't, <laughs> that's a missed opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, they could dance to a Spinner song or a Shaka song or something. <laughs> Just echo what Tom said, you know, for for me too. Uh, he's been at the top of my, uh, you know, shortlist for for who should get non-performer award. Absolutely uh, was elated to see his name this morning. Yeah, me too. Definitely overdue. I've heard his name come up. I, someone always used to ask Questlove on Twitter about him. And he always said, I was like, I'm the biggest Soul Train fan there is. So I always knew he was possible. And I expect yeah. Questlove to induct him. That's actually the yeah. perfect person to induct uh, Don Cornelius. It's just, it's very overdue. Um, I was going to ask the group, because I think the elephant in the room with Don Cornelius is like, mm. there's been some controversy around him. Do you think that that's going to, how do I want to say this in a very polite way? Do you think that that's going to maybe open some floodgates in terms of like, some bad press, so to speak, because I know there was a sexual assault allegation and he's far from perfect and far he was from convicted of domestic violence. Right. Yeah. Yes. I think because I... he's deceased, it won't get rehashed. Is it me? I think if he was alive, it would be more of a topic. Yeah. So that's right. just me. <laughs> yeah. But it, and, it, and maybe if, if there is a, a, you know, some, some noise about that. Maybe they don't even have someone induct him. They just give him a, a video package and move, move on. Yeah. They've been doing that a oh, lot. That's true, but we are in the me too era. So something it's possible. 
That's why I'm a little shocked that he was even getting the award, to tell you the truth, in light of all that happening. And then, like Michelle said, he was had the, he, he was convicted of spousal abuse. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. And I could see him kind of getting that video package like um, they did for some of these other categories. And I know this is going to sound really terrible. Please, bless her, something comes sound like shit right now. But when they're deceased or they pass, it's much easier for them to just do a package and move on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I completely agree. That's why I, was, I didn't think there would be controversy. Yeah, so it'll be like five well, minutes I, and move I, on. I think it would be an interesting conversation when the Rock Hall, if the Rock Hall tries to explain that to Questlove. Well, we're not going to have you go up there and uh, introduce him. We're just a little video package and uh, we're moving on, you know, so... I'm we'll curious see. how they address that because they're six months from now. So there's a lot of yeah, yeah, things that can happen. But yeah, Don Cordelius is the Ahmed Erdogan Award winner this year. Let's talk about the main event, the performers who got inducted. But before I do that, I did want to talk about the seven nominees that did not get induction into the Rock Hall this year. That was A Tribe Called Quest, Sydney Lauper, Iron Maiden. Joy Division slash New Order, Soundgarden, Warren Zevon, and the White Stripes. Those artists did not make the final cut, and they were not ushered into a side category. Of those names, I'm going to go around and just ask each person really quick, who was like, of those seven names, which is the one that you're surprised did not make the class? Michelle, who who's your one that you're like, I can't believe it? Warren Zevon. Tom? Uh, uh, Cindy Lauper for me. Greg? Warren Zevon. Definitely. David. And I'm I'm Cindy Lauper as well. For me, it's Cindy Lauper. I'm stunned. Still the tiebreaker. Cindy Lauper one. And if Mark it's, it's here, either one, Cindy, Cindy or Zevon. Yeah, no, I expected both of them, Cindy. to be honest with you. Yeah, it's either Cindy or Le- or Zevon. I mean, I expected to see both today, and I actually had to look twice. <laughs> Make sure, I thought maybe I was missing one of the names in the, not even in the side category for Warren Zevon, so that was uh, Cindy Lauper. I really thought was one because both of them ahead, have been inducted. I my feeling the whole day is like confused by. It. I really thought they were both obvious. I, I I I thought they would get inducted sooner than previously nominated artists, but that's just me because it's just harder odds. And they actually inducted seven. So I'm saying like Cindy Lauper and Warren Zevon were like eight or nine. It's just hard for. I'm just very confused by it all. I think the thing that confuses me is two things. Number one, the Eurythmics apparently got the most votes last year, right? Yes. And when Alan Light had that infamous interview on SiriusXM, and he said if for the class of 2019, some of the names that were considered, and it was the year that Stevie Nicks was on the ballot, he said Carol King, he said Carly Simon, the Go-Go's, the Eurythmics, and Sidney Lauper. And all of them are in now except for... Sydney Lauper. And I think after Eurythmics that, you know, are in a very similar lane, kind of like new wave pop rock, so to speak. I'm just kind of like kind of flabbergasted almost. And here's the thing that I think it actually connects both of our like everyone's picks for that, Zevon and Lauper's that Billy Joel wrote a letter about each one to get them on the ballot. And Billy Joel doesn't just write letters to just anybody. And as a Long Island native, I thank him for that. But also the fact that it seemed to me, especially Cindy Lauper, and I guess Yvonne too, they were well-respected by their peers. They're often covered by, you know, different artists. They've kind of just 
They've been inducted into institutions like the Songwriters Hall of Fame, and Cindy Lauper has won short of an EGOT, and Zevon is covered by Hall of Famers. Like, look at that final album he did, the, the Wind. It's a who's who of who's in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. I'm, like, beyond stunned of both of them, and I don't think anyone was predicting rage against the machine or even this. Like, I'm sorry, Tom. Don't think of it to be mean. I don't think okay. anyone was thinking of the spinners either. That's all right. I forgive you. <laughs> no, no, no I, I see what you're saying. I'm with David. You know, when I th- when I thought about throughout the day, I said to myself, "Wow, it's like there's seven nominees, so that means Cindy and Zevon finished behind." And you know, obviously, like you just said, they they finished behind Rage. They didn't get as many votes as as the Spinners. I I, I really whiffed on Cindy Lauper. I thought she was w- Willie was the lock for me, but I thought Cindy was right below that. You know, and she, she's a comp- and she's accomplished harder accolades than this. She's in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. She's in the National Recording Registry. Her outfit on the cover of She's So Unusual is in the Smithsonian in DC. I mean, like that's huge. I think and, also the, the with the gay marriage bill that they yes, passed. Yes, she was on the steps at a Capitol. Yes, like, this, <laughs> is, this is her year. That was like a a campaign. She's, she's a she's an I guess I could use the word iconic figure that. Sort of everybody knows. I mean, and her if you're, songs you're are around in the eighties. You were around in the eighties, which I was. I mean, she was a big star of the eighties. I mean, it's so. This is what I'll be thinking about quite a lot. And <laughs> I, I think in this case, the the folks that went on the Who Cares About the Rock Hall podcast. It's not a representative sample. It was smaller this year, but I think it kind of held true. And when I did my blog post. Um, either my predictions for the ballot or the reaction to the ballot. Somebody uh, commented and said, "But what is Cindy's one album? What has she done? I th- all these things that she's done, but people, most people aren't aware of the National Recording Registry and don't know about the Songwriters Hall of Fame." And when I explained to the person on my blog what she'd been doing, he's like, "Oh my God, I stand corrected." So I have a feeling that. Wrongly, people think she was just that one album, kind of a no- almost a novelty act, and that's where they slotted her. She has a documentary coming out next month. Yes, that might change everything. And it's the same yes. director who did the Go Go's documentary. Yes. So I thought in my head, because going to premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival next month, I thought to myself that uh, she's going to do the video package for Cindy Lauper this year if she got in, because if that's what they did with the GoGo's uh, induction uh, package. I don't know. I'm next stunned year. on Cindy Lauper because yeah. when you think of early MTV, there's like five names that come to mind, and she's always one of them, and the songs stand out. And I wrote on my blog, Tom, that. I hate using the word icon, but I think that Sydney is like, I'm actually kind of more stunned because Zevon, we'll talk about Zevon for a second. I think that I'm not necessarily shocked because he's a cult artist in a way. So like, if you're in the know, you love him, you got him. But it also took Randy Newman. It took Cat Stevens. It took Jackson Brown. Not that they're cult figures by any means, some of them are, some of them aren't, but it took some of these singer-songwriters multiple nominations to finally get through. Oh, Lauren Nero's the other one I was trying to think of in my head yeah. when I was uh, talking just now. But um, <laughs> Like with Randy Newman, he got nominated one year, didn't get in, and then there was a like a big gap until his Seven years. Yeah. yeah, which is pretty big. And so then he got in right away. 
So I think a lot of people didn't even know he was nominated, like seven years in between. Certainly with Warren Zevon, he was always on a lot of short lists of, uh, you know, he should be nominated, he should be nominated, one of the biggest snubs, blah, 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 all this. And so when he when I saw it, when he finally got nominated, I thought, okay, you know, there's going to be this whole overwhelming, we got to vote for this guy, we got to vote. But it seems like we don't know the vote totals because, you know, the hall doesn't show anything. But it seems like maybe he only appealed to certain amount of voters, maybe fellow, obviously fellow inductees, maybe some older music execs and stuff. Baby boomers. But just just yeah. missed a, he, he, he missed a certain voting block that probably would have put him over. And I, I don't know, is it the younger voting block that don't know who he is really? They know his name, but they don't really know anything outside of uh, Werewolves of London. See, that's what I, I was know. thinking. He's missing head. something. Yeah, he's that's missing what... that one voting block. I think the problem with Warren Zevon is that I think he just beyond Werewolves of London, I think you would have to follow his discography. And he's one of those artists where I admire his work, but I feel that it's not for just the casual music listener either, per se. I don't know if it's that makes sense to everyone. I, I like him. I'm shocked that he's not in, but I'm also kind of like, on this ballot, like and he finished third in the fan vote, like City Lopper finished second. And I have thoughts on the fan vote, which I will save for yeah, me, me too. later because I am like, oh, but anyway, the White Stripes is probably the other one that I'm a little surprised on just because, you know, they basically they weren't announced that they were even eligible. They kind of threw a surprise at everyone, like our recorded when we did that episode. We were all like, yeah, we didn't know. And they're on the ballot. And they failed on their first nomination. And I think to me, and I'm going to say, because I talked to my dad right before we recorded, and I said to him that, you know, it's kind of slap in the face to them because it's they're newly nominated, newly eligible, and they couldn't get in on half the class that ended up getting in. That's not a good sign for that outfit, I don't think, right? What do people think? I, well, actually, I'm going to go to Greg first because, Greg, you're from Michigan, and I yes, feel like you have the most yes, investment yes. in here with uh, the White Stripes for some <laughs> yeah, reason. I'm just going to go uh... with that. It thoughts? was a, a happy and sad day for uh, for Detroit today with the Spinners getting in, but White Stripes not. That was the headline on the Detroit Free Press. Spinners make it, White Stripes <laughs> miss out. Yeah, um, I saw that. <laughs> I wonder if, you know, we've, I know we've had this discussion before, I think, where they're, they're just getting into accepting 90s artists. And even being from Detroit, I didn't know about the White Stripes till probably 2003, 2002. I wonder if they just, you know, some of the voters think that they, they just, they have time. They, there's no rush because they consider them maybe like a more of a 2000s artist. And let's acknowledge, you know, this, these older artists while they're still around. Are you telling us, Greg, it's like Radiohead all over again? Could be, could be. That's exactly what I think it is. I think it's a, it's a mentality of they're too soon. Like think of wait, maybe. even yeah. though like maybe people thought they were shoe in and they were like, I'm not going to vote for them and they're going to get in. Cause I feel like that was the radiohead problem is I think a lot of people kept saying, Oh, they don't need my vote. They don't need my vote. And then you get classic rock, uh, heavy <laughs> class. That was uh, one of the worst. So, um, David, I know you have plenty of thoughts on this, so I'm going to let you take over for a second. I was the one person who was not never confident they were going to be FYE. I just always felt they weren't definite. I compared them to Beck and Radiohead because they Radiohead and Beck both won the Alternative Music Album Grammy three times, so the three of them have that in common. And I just never thought they were more respected. I thought they were equal to those two. So, and 
they didn't get in. But I'll say this, it's completely pointless. They changed the eligibility if they didn't get in. It's, it just adds to the confusion of today. Well, what I don't understand is they should really, in my opinion, with the white stripes, they should have made it for next year when there's really not too many obvious standout FYE peoples. Like to me, that would have made more sense because I'm going to throw some people out there like Coldplay and Lauren Hill and even Britney Spears. These are all people that legitimately have a good case to be on a ballot. I don't know. I think they should have just waited and then just did a catch up year when it's less competitive. But yeah, like, why would you change it? If it felt premature, it felt premature. I, I always felt that about Rage Against the Machines nomination. Also, it, it was hard to say when because it always felt premature. Because Soundgarden my... should be in, and some Matching Pumpkins should be in, and Beck, and this, yeah. it just felt the strikes were kind of my. They were kind of my seventh wild card pick, but I was never really, I was never really confident about them. Especially as the months went by, I kind of, I definitely agree with what Dave was saying that there's this whole just too soon. There's just whole this thing with too soon. I started reading some of the predictions or some of what some of these other ballot voters were were writing up, and there was a whole bunch of, uh, well, you know, it's it's a little too soon that they need to get in now when we have this. And so I, I started. I still thought they were going to get in, but I I'm with you. I think I think they're going to they'll probably get in next year. Maybe the year after, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a very long wait. Last I, this this year, how many return nominees were there? I know Rage Against the Machine, but I don't. I think there was like really like Tribe Kate, was Kate a return. Bush, uh, Tribe called, yeah, Tribe and Kate Bush also. Spinners, so Iron me, Maiden. No, they they were on before, but not back to back. What do you mean from think, last year? Yeah, from yeah, last yeah. Year oh. So I, I just wonder if they're going to have so many of the Iron returns Maiden. this year. I think with also the white stripes, I think it also helped that. They were dealt crappy cards in terms of like a really competitive ballot. Because if they were on a ballot like 2022, for example, I think they would have waltzed right in when it was kind of a little yeah. bit easier to tell for 2021. Oh, you kind of know who's going to get in. So I feel like that was part of the problem, too, is they just got dealt a bad card, too. Although I kind of agree. I felt like it was a little too soon, especially some of these names. I think a lot of voters voted with their hearts more. This year, like they're like, oh yeah, we got to get. Almost like you can't wait on any of these acts anymore, like the spinners or who, who else? Oh, Willie Nelson. <laughs> like you know, they're they're just like voted with emotions almost more than anything else. That's kind of something I've noticed in a lot of the pieces I've read. Uh, Michelle, any thoughts on White Stripes? Did you predict them or no? I did not. I I said they were kind of a wild card. I thought yeah. maybe they. I I think. I think I thought if if Kate Bush didn't go in, they would take that slot. They were always like on the bubble. And they were silent about their nomination, too. I don't think mm-hmm. Meg or Jack said anything. And to me, it's, maybe that has, so has something to do with it, too. If like you're blasé about it, it's like, <sighs> if they're not excited, why should I be excited? That's also maybe something, too. Some of these other names, I'll just get through a Soundgarden. That was also another one that I always thought was a wild card because Chris Cornell is just so beloved. I always feel like people often undersold their chances a lot. I don't know. I thought that uh, they were a possibility. I know you felt that way, David. They were my seventh. I thought because they had a few years off the ballot, they were new again. I mean, you have to remember, they gave Chris Cornell a tribute, and he's not even an inductee. And yeah. Right. There was another reason, but um, yeah, I really thought I really thought there it was possibly them if there was going to be a ban sooner than also, machine. the legal dispute. I think finally cleared up a little. So maybe it's kind of like an icing on the cake, so to speak. Like they get into the rock hall, and I feel like of the '90s bands now, it, the door is wide open now that Rage is in. 
I feel like they could do one or two things. They could kind of go all in sort of on Soundgarden, who finished in the top five of the fan vote both times. Or maybe they have possibilities of maybe other 90s acts who either have been on the ballot, like Beck or T. Matthews, or maybe ones who have it, like Oasis or uh, Smashing Pumpkins. So I feel like that door is so wide open now that I'm almost glad Rage got in just so I don't have to see their name anymore. But it makes, Rage it makes fatigue me, is a thing. It makes me question their odds how soon they could get in, though. Because it's just it just took Rage Against the Machine five times, and now Soundgarden, who I thought was going to get in their second nomination, didn't. So I, I really there's a hesitation with the '90s alternative. Yeah, artists. there's a weird hesit- there's a weird hesitation hesitation with Soundgarden. I thought they would get in. I kind of thought they might get in this year too. I had them like seventh or eighth. I kept going back and forth. Like with David, I had them down there around seventh, and I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kind of surprised that they're they. They can't get in. I mean, he's considered one of the best vocalists in rock. Is it a 90s alternative band thing? Is it a 90s rock band thing? I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, I don't don't know. can't put a finger on it right now. I don't get it. It's it's a puzzle. It's definitely a puzzle for me. Like David said, they gave him a big tribute at the show, at the ceremony. I remember when he died. I thought they'd be popular enough to get in. Yeah, so many concerts covered Black Hole Sun, I remember, when he died. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's considered one of the best vocalists in rock ever, Chris Cornell. There's just so many things to point to. And I have yeah. less confidence in Alice in Chains getting in or whoever else. They're the next logical no, choice. Yeah, they are, but I, I they, they struggle. I, they still have never won a Grammy. I feel like if the if like their Delta better hand on Alaska had a battle, I think they could have a better shot. Yeah, it's I just, think so, I, too. I think the problem is, is that when they were first on, they were with so many hard rock and metal acts. Yeah, that, that they first didn't stand year, out. first year was brutal for them. It was brutal. Too many, too many on one ballot. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Joint Division, New Order didn't get in either. I wasn't shocked by this. I know a lot of people kept trying to convince me, oh, they're going to get in. And I love that band, both entities. Yes, but I feel like lately the Rock Hall, when they're inducting New Wave or post-punk, it's been very populous acts like The Cure, Depeche Mode, Duran Duran. You go go with the Go-Go's and Eurythmics. These are all bands with like mass appeal that were big in America too. And I mean, I love these two entities, but I just feel that they don't have that same... Do you guys know what I mean? Kinda? Populist. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Cure and Depeche Mode it, both took multiple nominations. So I, I yeah, figured yeah. they're not... Joy Division, New Order is not going to be a, a one and done. And I, I have not, a theory on that when you're done. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, like, they do have double note songs. So I want to make it seem like they have none. It's just, like, I don't know if the songs are ones that, I know this is a very Americanized institution or American-centric, but I just, I, I never hear Hall of Famers mention them as an influence a lot of the time. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, have you heard, like, Duran Duran and Depeche Mode and The Cure? And, I don't know, but... Do you really think if they separated New Order and and um, Joy, Division, Joy Division, they would individually get in? I mean, that says a lot about them, even though together, if they can't get in separate. They would uh, not, I don't, I don't think. Yeah, so I that, don't says, think Joy Division that says a lot about them, even though they're they're combined. Because I thought they had it. I was curious how they were going to do this, because I thought maybe they had an advantage because of that. You know, the double buy yeah. one, get one, two for one thing. The BOGO free deal, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and also, I think they're too UK also. I think people know the band members from like Duran Duran and Depeche Mode and The Cure, and they don't know the members of New Order or Joy Division. And th- I think the songs are bigger hits of like Duran Duran and such in this country. 
Greg, Iron Maiden didn't get in. Were you shocked that Maiden did not cross the finish line? Uh, no. <laughs> I just uh, wanted no, that answer now. When I was trying to put together the kind of predictions, I think out of the 14, I had about 10 that I was waffling between and put four immediately to the side, and Iron Maiden was... Who was your four? Now I got to know. Uh, I, mean, I, have right here. I know Iron Maiden. I know Rage Against the Machine, Tribe Called Quest, and then the last... I didn't immediately put her aside, but she was one of the uh, cuts I made with Cindy Lauper. I did not predict Cindy Lauper. You showed your true colors, Greg. You I showed did. it. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't think Maiden had a chance. If Judas Priest, who has more yeah. radio-friendly hits, couldn't get in... The regular way i have yeah, no i didn't faith. see if judas priest had to like you just said if judas priest got in with musical excellence i didn't see the next very next year all of a sudden iron Maiden's going to get the votes i think that's yeah. the problem with metal for the future i mean yeah. these are the iconic bands and i would include motorhead too but like how is slayer i'm sure eddie trunk one day is going to comp- complain about like pantera anthrax it's just they'll have even a hard already shot. is <laughs> no but they'll, they'll have an even harder shot than the iconic ones you know yeah, those. Yeah, it's I definitely. Don't, a I don't problem. see those bands. Yeah, I, I don't, don't see those, not, those bands. Have a chance. You were mentioning. I don't see any of those metal bands you mentioning right now getting. Yeah, did you see that article today on Rolling Stone about there's a metal problem? I mean, just saying the guy listed yeah. so many bands, and I would say like three of them probably have a possibility, but they're gonna have a really hard time getting there. The problem yeah. is kind of what you're alluded to, David, is that metal has like these like a core audience, but a. It's very much, it's a fan base, so to speak. And I don't, and with the Rock Hall, it's all about a democratic vote. And it has to, to get inducted, you have to kind of have this kind of general appeal, so to speak, across all types of listeners and voters and whatever. And I just don't know if metal has that. And the only one that I would think that would have it is Judas Priest, because they actually had radio hits. They actually had songs that were on MTV. And if they can't get in, Maiden has zero shot. And... I don't even know if most people can name an Iron Maiden song. I think they're more famous than... Yeah, I agree. I, I think the name of the band is more well-known than their music. And, and people yeah. are posers, and they wear their shirts to look hip. <laughs> and I think that's, that's more well-known than the music. <laughs> and then the last one I just want to talk about for a hot second is A Tribe Called Quest. I don't, I'm not shocked the ballot, or the final class, I mean. Yeah. I said to Tom about this. I was like, you have to have both quality and quantity. And they have the quality, but they never were like, you expect the highest accolade in the industry when you missed all the other ones. I mean, they are in the National Recording Registry, I think. And then, they are. Um, yeah, but you know, they they never were on the cover of Rolling Stone. They finally got an SNL later with their last album, and they were never won a Grammy. It's just, I mean, I don't know. They're the, worthy. They're definitely worthy. They're the perfect mm-hmm. critical favorite or like critics' choice kind of pick, where it's like, oh, we're giving quality to this kind of thing, but they really don't have much of a shot beyond the critics. I think. It's like what we just said about Judas Priest, though. It's like LL Cool J just struggled. He's a household name, and a lot of his songs are known, and he struggled, and he's in musical... What's that called? What's the... He went in... Excellent. The side category. He went into. And I'm just saying, how are these other acts like De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest, or Wu-Tang, or whoever? They're, they're going to have harder odds now. Yeah, unless you're an FYE inductee, you're, you're really going to have a really hard time getting in a lot of these artists. I will say for Tribe, though, like some of these other acts that we've been talking about, they do have appearances on that Rolling Stone 500 albums and songs list, so they at least have that going for them. But They're definitely I, worthy. I, I'm not underestimating. You know, I think it's, it's worth about. noting, too, the, the two years that Tribe's been on the ballot they were up against eminem and missy elliott so you know a lot of voters if they vote strategically are going to vote for one hip-hop artist i wonder i just wonder if a tribe called quest is the only hip-hop artist 
on a ballot how well they might do. I'm curious about that too, Greg, in all honesty. I'm kind of curious how they would do. I think going forward, I think they are going to do at least two nominees like they did with Jay-Z and LL and then Eminem and Tribe and yeah. Tribe and Missy. So I think that they're going to probably continue that. I think there'll I, always be two hip-hop nominees. Unless they're concerned about it. I think Notorious B.I.G. was the only one the year he was, I think, right? Yeah, I don't think they had multiple nominees from hip-hop since I want to say 2013 or 2014. I think that was the last time before 21 that they actually had multiple nominees from hip-hop on the same ballot. Yeah, they're worthy. I like them. They're one of my favorite artists on this ballot. It's just when you're on really competitive seat ballots, it's really hard to stand out. And I just never liked their chances, to be quite honest. Let's talk about the seven who did get in. Let's talk about George Michael first. He was the number one seat on the fan vote. And he was the only person in the top five of the fan vote to get in. On a quick side note, before I really start talking about George Michael, a lot of people in the comments that I've read on social media and different websites, they were very critical of the Rock Hall, saying just some really terrible, racist, sexist shit that I really uh, don't condone at any means. But on social media? For real? Social media and websites. I know. It's crazy. Bad comments? it's like clutching my pearls. Like if I, you know, it was like March Simpson and clutch my pearls a little. No, I think that if people want to be mad about this class, to me, I would be mad about the fan vote personally, because only the f- number one person got in and the other four didn't. So there's definitely this perception versus reality problem. And I think that, um, what are people's thoughts of that? Because I feel like that's if you're going to be mad at the Rock Hall for some today, I think that's kind of the thing is what the fans want isn't necessarily what actually happened. It's like 2020 all over again, where it was just the Doobie Brothers and the other four didn't get in. It was essentially a Dave Matthews band fiasco all over again. But do people have thoughts on the uh, fan vote, that that whole thing? I do. I think it's a waste of time and I think it's mental abuse. because, And it's also the fans want to have a say and... They think that has an impact. I mean, I know for a fact, Cindy Lauper every day was telling her fans to vote and Warren Zevon's son. And those were the two that I thought were both getting in and both weren't. And they're probably left more confused than I am right now. And it's a really, I mean, you just told your fans for since February to go vote every day. And it's like a waste of time. I, I remember Eurythmics told their fans to vote the first nomination. And they didn't do it the second time because they were concerned it might be for no reason. It's um, misleading. No, it's misleading because... They don't really say really clearly that it only counts one ballot out of the 12 or 1300 ballots, which kind of doesn't really make that much of a difference. It, do you guys think like one ballot? I know every ballot counts, of course, but I mean, like in terms of crossing the finish line for induction, I don't know. I follow the induct Warren Zevon page on Facebook and, and they, like David said, they were pushing that every single day. We need, we need, we're getting close to a hundred thousand. We're getting close to 300,000. Just kept pushing, and then I think they got over six hundred thousand, maybe mm-hmm. something yeah. like that votes. And they were like, "It's like a celebration." All right, we got six hundred thousand, this and that. And then, like today, they're just like devastated. So, well, you know, it just didn't happen. And and like David said, I think it's just a big waste of time. I really do. Yeah, it really. Is. The hall, but the hall loves it because it drives people over to you know their their site and stuff like that. But it's just it's just BS now. I know last year there five. What was it? Five, all five got in. Yes, that was the first time. Yeah, so you know, some people will say, "Oh, but look at last year, all five got in." But this year was just what I saw with the Zevon people. I, I really think that they thought that if he got somewhere in the top five or top three, that you know he was going to get in. 
You know, how, how can you keep him out when he has that many votes? You know, so it's just one more thing. People find him. this whole thing confusing. I mean, there's uh, yeah, people, I think, people don't know the definition of rock and roll. They constantly confuse it. And this is just one more thing. Yeah, the Zeman people were def- seemed to me were definitely confused about what was going to happen. And I haven't heard Cindy Lambert comment, but I'm sure she is. You know. Yeah, you know, she finishes second. I just think that the fan vote's a hot mess. I think it's just a PR stunt at this point that just that doesn't do anyone any favors. And I think it just personally, I think the problem is that the Rock Hall throughout their entire existence has had an issue of communication, clear communication. And they've had like, I know I talked to Davis about this. They've had branded issues. They have to explain what rock and roll is. They have to explain what different things are. And I think if you have to keep explaining things and you're not clear or keep things close to your chest, um, I don't know. I just feel that it's just not, it's not good either. The Grammys have the same problem with record of the year, song of the year, album of the year. Every single year, someone has to explain what's the difference. Yeah. It has to be more simple. Let's talk about George Michael, because I feel like I introduced him, and then I had to just get my rant about the fan vote out of the way. But George Michael did finish at the top of the fan vote. Really happy to see him. This was his first time on the ballot. I am really happy to see him in the uh, Rock Hall. Uh, He was... Probably one of the ones I was most rooting for on this ballot. You know, I picked him in the draft. I was pleasantly surprised that he actually won the fan vote, you know, whether, yeah. you know, legitimacy of the fan vote aside, but um, that was a nice surprise. And I just think it's great for for George Michael. I think he's been unfairly, you know, maligned throughout his career. And, and you know, when I was growing up, George Michael was a punchline for his personal life. And um, I'm just glad. I think this kind of solidifies the the reappraisal of his uh, his catalog, his artistry, and uh, I'm very, very happy for him. I agree. I think that part of the problem with George Michael was that he was always a serious artist. Like, he was a great songwriter, he was a great vocalist, an overall extraordinary talent, but he was unfairly pushed aside because of different controversies and his orientation and all that. And I'm just glad to finally see him get his due because I think part of the beautiful thing about this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction is that in part what it does is it helps us reevaluate, reappraise these artists' careers. And I feel that this is going to helpfully make people take George Michael more seriously and say, wow, he really was one of the biggest pop stars of the late 20th century. And he's up there right there with like Michael Jackson and Prince and Madonna and so on. And yeah, when you think of humongous 80s and 90s icons, I mean, he was at one point probably the biggest star in the world, I would say at one point. Everyone knew who he was. He won album of the year at the Grammys for Faith. He was really, really big. And because he's deceased unexpectedly, I feel like he's been off the radar for a long time. And I'm glad he got remembered. And I'm sure people are going to credit Taylor Hawkins for mentioning him. But it put it back in the conversation. Yeah, yes, for sure. And I wasn't 100% confident in his odds at first, but I'm really glad he did. And yeah, I'm, I'm as happy about him. Faith yes. won album of the year. Faith yes. also was number one on the Black Albums chart. Right. He was the first uh, first white artist to achieve that feat. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah. I mean, he was... He won an R&B yeah. grant with Aretha Franklin. Oh, no, I was just going to say, he, yeah, I love George Michael. He was he was one of my top five personal picks this year. And um, another one of those artists that throughout the 80s, I think he kept progressing throughout the 80s. You know, he started, you know, wake me up before I, before I go-go, before you go-go. <laughs> Wake me up before you go go. And some of those early pop songs, <laughs> early pop songs with, uh, Easy for with you to Wham, say. right? Some of those early pop songs with Wham. And then 
you start to get to that faith album and he just you know that's an that's a masterpiece of an album and he goes on and on and, and even when the hits kind of dried out in the u.s in the in the 90s he kept making great albums and um no i'm really happy that he's that he's gotten in there michelle what are your thoughts on george michael get it in i would just echo what you all have said i am so thrilled that hopefully this will let people re-evaluate his legacy and not that halls of fame are the be-all end-all of everything but it's astonishing to me that he is not in the songwriters hall and maybe this will prompt them to take a look i think he got nominated has he been last year this year once no this was like 10 years ago it was a long time recent. yeah it sounds familiar i I think it was recent Hmm. i think it might have been last year but yeah i'm with you michelle he's definitely Definitely should be in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. 2011, I think. Uh, looking at, yeah, I, I think. Um, but, 2012. But it, 2012. I knew it was like a long time ago, and <laughs> a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> no, get it. Um, no, I'm happy for George. I think he is a very deserving candidate for the Rock. I'm glad he got it in first time on the ballot too. I think that that yeah. speaks volumes about his snub. And yeah, I'm just. I know they'll do a beautiful tribute for him in November. And we just had a little bit of faith in, in this whole thing. Uh, let's talk about Kate Bush. I will uh, say, I don't know about anyone else in the room. I'm really stunned that she got inducted as a performer. I'm going to say why before I open up, because I wrote this. Stranger Things helped running up that hill, get her back in the cultural cell, guys, right? It peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100 last year. I didn't think that that was going to be enough for her because I thought she was too UK-centric. And I love Kate Bush. We did an entire episode on Kate Bush. But at the same time, I was always like a little bit eerie, especially when it's an artist who's been nominated multiple times. I just was not confident in their abilities. I thought she was going to be the musical excellence candidate this year. I'm ha- I'm excited that she got in, but it's not someone that I was expecting in this final class above like Cindy Lauper or Zivon. Uh, I was going to, I was just thinking like, um, you know how public enemy says, don't believe the hype. It, the hype <laughs> was believable this time. And I, I, I was, I remember I was really rooting for sheep and get lucky won the top Grammys and it didn't happen. I was so convinced it would happen. And I was surprised this is, this happened, but it, it's good for her. It's just, I, I, I wasn't confident about it. I, I wasn't either. Michelle, I know you've liked Kate Bush for many years. What do you think about her entering the Rock Hall the regular way? I think the same. I am delighted. It wouldn't have surprised me a whole lot if she had been moved to musical excellence because I be- I think the, the Hall believed in her and wanted her in, but I wasn't 100% convinced that the rank and file voters were going to go for it, but I am very pleased that they did. I know Ellen Light in that interview that Tony did on his show. I I remember him talking to Ellen Light, and Ellen Light pretty much said, you know, it was like a now or never moment for her, and mm-hmm. that if they were going to get her in, it has to be this year. It's like one way or another, and that's what made me think musical X. Even like when Amy London said the uh, the the totals, like in terms of the ranking from the committee who scored the most to the least, her name was like near the top. They really want her in and they're really like gun ho on it. That really, really surprised me, quite honestly, that she ended up getting in. Greg, do you have thoughts on Kate Bush this year? Uh, I was not as surprised as you are. I did think she had a, a decent chance. Very happy for her. I, as someone who, who came to know her through her being nominated, you know, as uh, we've discussed where I, I will listen to all the nominees and whatever. So that's how I came to know her music. And 
every year I was just became more and more of a fan of her. Um, and was, I'm very happy that she's finally in. Tom, what are your thoughts on Kate Enter in the Rock Hall? Well, I, I, I thought the Hall was going to put her in somehow, some way this year. And if she didn't have the votes, she was obviously, I think she was going to get in the musical excellence. And this had, like, like you said, what Alan Light said or whatever, this had to be the year, especially after her, her summer of success that she had. I didn't predict her getting in. I had her down as a musical excellence pick. Either way, I'm glad she's gotten in finally, and uh, it was good for her. I don't know if you guys saw on uh, Twitter, I, w- I kind of found on her website that Kate released a statement about her Rock Hall induction. And as soon yes. as I was like, oh my God. And I love Kate Bush for the record. It, among the artists on this ballot, she's probably one of my most favorite ones, just because she's such a singular artist and she's just so talented and beautiful and Anyway, I, I could go on for an hour and a half, which is in the archives, movie if you want to listen to that episode. And I also wrote on Twitter, how is she going to get to New York City? And I already said, big boy from Outcast needs to make the travel arrangements. He needs a doctor. We need that run it up the hill segment. I know <laughs> she's going to perform. She's going to be there. But I don't know. I, I, I mean, just the thought of baby being the same through Miss Kate Bush might uh, make me a little uh, like uh, blush like a little. Fly, right? <laughs> He doesn't like to fly or something, somebody said. He'll go by boat, Tom. Um, you know, I, I don't I think it was uh, someone on the Who Cares yeah. uh, Rock uh, podcast last year and this year. I think it was, is it, I can't remember who, who the name Karen of Karen Glauber? Karen Glauber has I said Glauber, that yeah. um, she, and I don't know how she has, what her connection is, but that Kate Bush's camp has said if she was inducted, she would would come and uh, you know it's not like a, a fear of flying that's keeping her or anything so mm-hmm. let's uh fingers crossed that that happens yeah. i just want to the travel arrangements booked that's all i want <laughs> in life and just to figure out how she's getting there if she's coming if i'll be in the same room as her because i love her she's great and she sounded very genuine about her um induction um we'll see though i i, I don't know if it'll happen but yeah, someone could dream right um, let's talk about the Missy Elliott, who was the only first year inductee on this ballot. Um, I don't think it's much of a shock, really. I know some people didn't even predict her when they were doing predictions back earlier this year. And I was thinking to myself, like, of course, it's Missy. She's such a innovator, such a legend. I, I always thought she was a no brainer. And like her reactions this morning have just warmed my heart so much and so happy for her because she made history as the first woman hip-hop artist to be inducted into the Rock Hall. Finally, they corrected an egregious error. And it's not my place to say if other people should have been before, like Salt Peppa or Queen Latifah, because I have no control over that. But I'm glad that there's one finally in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Michelle, history has been made today. How, how excited are you that Missy uh, Elliott's in the Rock Hall? Very happy. History has indeed been made. And I guarantee you, she is going to be a voice with her vote going forward. She's going to have an impact. And I am just very happy about it. I am too. She is uh, just such a kind person. She just collaborates with so many people. I just like with her, I always, you know, the way she speaks about other artists and collaborates with people, it's just, it's such a, a beautiful thing to see, quite honestly. Greg, please tell us your thoughts on Missy. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for her. You know, now that this uh, glass ceiling has been broken, I hope it it results in a you know many more to come. Um, 
Missy Elliott is another one that I was not as familiar with uh, prior to the nomination outside of, you know, the few big songs, but uh, after digging in, I, I really, really like her music and, and certainly uh, a well-deserved uh, induction. Happy for her. And it's nice to see how excited she is about it too. Oh, it was, it, it was so beautiful to read quite honestly when she yeah. got the nomination and when she yep, yep. was announced, I was just like, yes, like yeah. this is, Yes. <laughs> and she's so young to get the honor too. And that makes it even better. It's like someone who is still working and still, wow, that was a really bad, uh, that was a really bad pun to, to, but to, to make my point. But the point is that she's just, she's still an active artist, which is very nice to see. Tom, what do, what do you think about Missy Enter in the Brock Hall? That's uh, great. I mean, to me, you know, this was an easy prediction pick for me as well. And I just had a feeling that a lot of people, I had a feeling that a lot of people were just waiting to vote for, you know, mm-hmm. they, maybe not everyone knew that she was getting close to getting on the ballot, you know, like regular voters. But once they see, once they saw her name, it was, I think it was just, yeah, she's, she's the one we're going to vote for. And so, yeah, I'm like, Greg, I, I hope this opens the door now for some of the other uh, female out there that are still waiting for their turn. Salt and pepper. <laughs> salt yeah, and pepper. Salt, well, salt and pepper, you know, yeah. Maybe Queen, Queen Latifah, Latifah, something like that. I don't know. There's, there's, there's a few others, but um, yeah. And like you, I, one thing I'm glad about on this ballot. I mean, one thing I'm glad to see from all these inductees that have made speeches or put out statements is that everyone seems to be very happy to be going into the Rock Hall this year. You know, there's no Todd Rundgren on the uh, out there. You know, there's no. Uh, uh, I don't need it. I'm not showing up. The hell with you guys or any of that stuff. I, from the, what I can see, I, well, for what I've seen so far today, is that pretty much everyone is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad to be in there. So. A drama-free rock hall class. I, I, drama, I can't. I can't. Something's not right. Somebody will rock the boat here in the next few months. You know? <laughs> I think Dolly Part had a Henry Fambro is going to go rogue. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why they put the rock bands in. They were like. This I'm gonna make this the least drama year because you know like Iron Man would be for secrets at this one anything to do with it and Soundgarden they fight every other week it seems so yeah maybe that was for the best Shaka Khan said Shaka Khan said on the uh, that serious interview oh I'm just very happy you know all this and you know you you think man maybe maybe she's not happy about not getting on the performer ballot but she said that she was actually she actually prefers to get in on as a musical excellence yeah he's just. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy to see the reactions of people. David, your thoughts on Missy? I think she's an originator and an innovator. She's been getting a lot of Lifetime Achievement Awards lately. She was in the Songwriters Hall of Fame last year. I think what really stands out the most is there's so many female rappers more relevant than ever at the same time right now. Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, Sweetie, Doja Cat, Ice Spice. There's just so many. At Lotto at the same time she's definitely worthy and i hope she i expect her to mention Aaliyah, and hopefully that'll bring her in the conversation yeah but plus my dream and i wrote this to someone uh this morning was i think my dream scenario was that the song work it is performed at the ceremony that would just and then you have like willie nelson come on stage at tom Barella do like a guitar solo you have Shaka Khan and Cheryl Crow through backup vocals. Just make that the all-star jam. And then I'll never talk about the rock hall ever again. Because that like <laughs> nothing will get better than that, in my opinion. No, there's not there, Miss Yelly's just a an innovator, a legend, absolutely deserves her first year status. And I um, think it was 
I think it was off her radar. I don't think she ever expected it. Those are usually the best ones, like Dolly Parton last year or Leonard Cohen, opposed to like resentful people like John Bon Jovi or Neil Diamond or what you said about Todd Rundgren. Yeah, and I, Miss, Missy's uh, reactions today on Twitter, or Instagram, or whatever. I mean, she's just like I, I'm. Like David said, I don't think she she thought she would get in right away, and then she did, and it's like just an explosion. It's like oh. No. Thank you. And she was telling her fans to vote, even though she was at the bottom of the fan poll. So I was like, yeah, wow. Yeah, I'm just so elated for her. She has always been a history maker and a trendsetter and oh, ecstatic for her. Let's talk about Rage Against the Machine. This was their fifth nomination in six years of eligibility. I'm going to be honest, of the seven that got in this category, they were the ones I was the most surprised got in. I think it's because I felt that Rage just, the shine wore off, so to speak. And I just was afraid that they... They were almost on the ballot too much that the voters were just getting tired of seeing their their names. I called it rage fatigue on my blog over the years, but yeah. did anyone predict rage against the machine this year? I don't think a single person did. Not even close. I didn't see any any predictions for them. I did see votes for them. I have to say, I did because mm-hmm. I saw yeah, there were some votes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see votes. votes. I, I will acknowledge that, but um, I always thought they were premature since they debuted on the ballot at the same time as Radiohead. Yeah, no, I'm not. I, I knew it would happen eventually. I think it helped that Tom Morello had a seat at the table. Oh yeah, and that always stuck <laughs> out to me. I'm sure they're going to give an amazing performance, but it's just it always felt premature to me. Yeah, my feeling was was that this was their fifth try. You know, if they don't get in this time, put them off the ballot for a couple more years, maybe another, give them a break for two years or something like. That. I th- I just felt like you know this it has to happen this year or give them a break or something. So I don't ever pick them as personal picks when they get nominated, when they were getting nominated. But in a way, I'm kind of glad they got in so that now we can move on and yep. try another yep. rock band from the 90s. <laughs> it's good to get them off the ballot. This is all I'm saying. I mean, I, they're OK and everything for me, but uh, it's just good to get them off the ballot and let's move on then. Uh, Craig, did you have any thoughts on Rage? Uh, it's kind of the same for me. I'm not. I'm not. I don't feel strongly one way or another about them. But I just wanted to see them not taking up spot on the ballot, whether it was because they got in or because we've moved on. So I'm glad that a, a spot frees up now. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Now we could get to other '90s rock bands or rock artists that maybe have been trying to get a seat at the table that Rage occupied. I keep thinking of, I can't remember who it was in the glory days of ESPN. I think it was the uh, Maguire-Sosa race, and finally it was over. And they said, the long national nightmare is over. (laughs) And that phrase has been in my head today. It's funny, because you could tell Tom Morello really wanted to be in so bad. And I like Tom Morello, so don't get me wrong. But it just, it it was just, I just am stunned to see them on as one of the finals, let's move on from Rage Against the Machine. Let's talk about Sheryl Crow. David did an episode on Sheryl Crow with me. And I always thought if there was a 90s artist who would be on the ballot that would get it on their first try, I think she had the strongest case of anyone to make that happen. And to be clear with listeners, because I had emails about this when I wrote this on my blog last week was, uh, someone's like, oh, well, Pearl Jam and Tupac. And I'm like, no, they were abducted their first year of eligibility. I'm talking about someone who was new to the ballot that debuted in the 90s. Then that's the clear difference between that. David, how happy are you, Cheryl, made the Rockle her first try? No, I'm happy. She's definitely worthy. I expected it. I think she could have been an FYE had she been nominated her first year. 
people for people are not mentioning there was a documentary out and i definitely think that made a case for her no she she i'm not surprised she's definitely worthy she was the rock female of the entire night. Tom, you, I mean, Tom, you, you know were I mean? a proponent for the her. Do, the documentary, I mean, yeah, the documentary certainly probably helped her case. And, and like I always tell people about that documentary, there's a, there's a segment in there, I believe. There's a montage of pictures of her with other musicians. And most of these other musicians in there are were Rock Hall inductees or big music biz people. And so that that to me was her core voting block, so to speak. And um, didn't seem like a lot of critics were voting for her. If you look at some of the, the ballots that were turned in, but that wasn't that wasn't the, the people that were going to put her over. And plus last year, she was everywhere. Oh, it seemed yeah. like she was on every, I mean, every award show she was, no, she was at the Rock Hall, right? The induction last year. Was she at the Rock Hall last year? Yeah, she inducted yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I was in the room was, with her. She, she got, she, oh, Okay. I keep forgetting because literally she was everywhere at, at like every award show, every television event. And she got an Austin City Limits Hall of Fame award. All these, I mean, she was just ubiquitous the whole year, and I really yeah. like her. She was she was another one of my top five uh, personal picks, and I I expected her to get in this year. Right Absolutely. Now. Can I can I add one thing? Why was there so much negativity? It reminded me of the Foo Fighters. It's like, I feel like I, I question the people who follow this. It's like, do you follow the industry closely? Because she accomplished everything in it but this. And that's usually what, accompli- you know, usually that's an indicator. You're right, David. It, it, I, I was having this discussion with my wife a couple of days ago. There's every year there seems to be, or every couple of years, just for me in my own bubble, there's always an artist that comes up that to me is absolutely no brainer Hall of Fame that I discover not everyone loves or is you know, that like I thought they did and Foo Fighters were that a few years ago. And this year it was Cheryl Crow. I didn't realize that some people don't like her or, or don't think she's worthy. It was kind of surprising to me as well. I didn't know until last year that people disliked her. I thought she was just a universally well-liked person because yeah, yeah. I'm going to be really honest. I felt that way about Dave Matthews. I didn't exactly, know anyone exactly. that did not like Dave Matthews. And I don't know if it says about me or, or, people like no, but it was just one of those things where I never saw so much animosity and hatred for a band, them and the Foo Fighters. I was like, wait, what? I, I yeah. it blew my mind a little. Uh Cheryl Crow, I'm gonna just say this too. She has songs. Like she's like this, like people are making it seem like, oh, she's like this bland pop rock. Like I heard her get compared to like Hootie and the Blowfish and like those 90s bands and acts and she is not she has at least a dozen songs that people know and love and i mean she has entries on rolling stone 500 albums list like she's not a critic's favorite but god damn it she is so accomplished and i mean is this thing who you know of course and that's what helped her get in but i feel that's the other that- thing. yeah she plays ball she plays the game really well and so it was like i just knew as soon as she ends up on a ballot she's going in but you know well, what's funny because if you see all the if you see all the interviews that she did today the word that she's going to go in she kept saying oh you know i'm i'm really surprised and i'm kind of shocked i'm getting in right away and uh I thought it, I didn't think it would happen the first time I was nominated and so on and so forth. But um, to me, it's kind of, you know, we talk about how the critics, some critics, especially the ones you see on the tracker, the FRL tracker, didn't vote for her at all. But like I kept saying that, you know, that that's not the people that are going to vote for it. To me, it's like the Lionel Richie effect. Yes. Lionel Richie, you look on last year, what did he have? Maybe three or four votes out of, yeah, three votes out of what, a, how many, 45 ballots? 
you know, or something like that last on last year's tracker. Same with Carly yeah. Simon. People undersold Carly Simon. Yeah, and you look Simon. at that, you you know, people people look at that and they go, well, look at this. I mean, well, you know, no one's voting for this guy. But that's not that wasn't his his voting block. Much like Cheryl, his voting block are all these people that he's worked with, all these people that know him. And you make a lot of friends when you've been in the in the biz for a lot of years. And you got to remember, Cheryl Crow first album was what ninety four or something like 93, that. Ninety three, ninety three. So it's thirty years later. I mean, she's made a lot of a lot of friends in the industry. That's why I'm still confused about Cindy Lauper. We're full circle now. <laughs> I will say about Cheryl Crow, though, too. She got in like her fourth or fifth year of eligibility. That speaks volumes, too, about her as well. And to me, and this is what I always said to people, even if they were like very negative towards Cheryl Crow, if you want edgier singer-songwriters of that late 80s and throughout the 90s, if you want your PJ Harvey's, you want your Corey Amos, you want your... Fiona Assholes or 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 Lance Morissette's, you got it. That Cheryl Crow is going to be kind of, I think, the linchpin for this because now you're going to see these artists kind of start coming into the conversation. Cheryl Crow, I think, got it because number one, she had the the popularity that maintained the longest out of any one I just mentioned, and two, I think she also has the catalog and the hits that the others maybe just didn't have, and I think that's where the thing matters but i think if we want to get to other artists of that era i think you have to sort of go with someone like her and that's to me why i, I always said you should always support her for that if you want people like that in yeah cheryl crow i i am so happy she got in she's like probably the one that made the most media rounds today so yeah, i'm really really happy for her let's talk about one of her collaborators that also got in that's willie nelson michelle he turned 90. Willie is a Rock Roll Hall of Famer. He's he incredible, right? Icon and legend are just overused words, but he truly, truly is. Nobody's more rock and roll than Willie Nelson. It's just phenomenal to see. Do you think he'll be the headliner? Definitely. Definitely. He's the biggest star of any of these seven by a mile. And him and Missy Elliott made all the headlines today. I always, that's what me and David always talked about. Like, who are the three people that always make the headlines? And like, last year was so easy because it was Dolly, it was Eminem, <laughs> and it was Lionel. Those are the three that made every Rolling Stone, New York Times variety headline. This year, it was always Willie. It was always Missy. And I guess Sidney Lauper, George Michael, I don't know who was the third one. But those two were always number one or number two. Yeah, Willie, he, all these celebrations. He's turned 90. He's got that big party that happened in L.A. last weekend. That Cheryl Crow was, oh, you already mentioned that, yeah. Oh, yes, I did. That was like my segue to get to um, oh, Willie. Okay. Can, I ask um, Can I ask a question? Go ahead. Who, who's next in country now that we have Dolly and Willie? Because a lot of the ones who are worthy are deceased. I mean, are they going to um, skip the Shania Twain? Or are they going to do Garth Brooks? Because Loretta Lynn, Merle would, Haggard, you know. Garth Brooks would be good. I can't imagine that one. I don't know why. Um, I think Garth would have a chance. Garth was, one of the biggest, Garth was one of the biggest music stars of the 90s. I no, he definitely was. I, I remember. And I don't know if that's 20, enough to go. So. Yeah, I don't know. Um, um, you're talking about, if you're talking about older... Like, I mean, like, like, like we, we were just talking about how there's always a rap nominee and there forever will be. I just wonder, because they started this country thing, and I wonder who's next. Well, we were talking musical influence earlier, and you know, I'm surprised Patsy Cline hasn't gotten... Yeah, definitely. Her that, that, yeah. any support, she would be I, perfect. I mean, you think Emily Lou Harris has a chance? I just don't know if she's big enough. Yeah, Emily Lou Harris would be real good too. Yeah, because everyone assumes Willie because Dolly made so much headlines. I just wonder. Yeah, 
I would have said Kenny Rogers if Kenny Rogers was still alive because he did have that rock part early in his career. Um, yeah, because rock career. Yeah, because there's other people that I'm kind of because I think to me and this, we talked about this with David Campbell. And by the way, congratulations to David Campbell because now he is a voter for the Rock and Roll Hall of yeah. Fame, and he was very kind. He messaged me too, and like because um, when we did our episode with Tom. He wasn't a voter, and then he got a ballot this year, and I'm like so happy for David, um, or David Campbell, not our David. David should have a ballot too, I think. Um, yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to tell because it's like with country music. Part of what me, Tom, and David talked about where you almost had to have a pop moment to be in the rock hall, so to speak, right? Like Dolly has a clear one. Willie, he's just an icon, and he's a legend. Yeah, I don't know. I guess too. Garth is next. Or Shania? It may be a while. It may be a while. I, I don't know. I mean, like I keep saying, Garth is just a huge star. If there's going to be someone from the 90s onward generation, you would think it would be Garth that would get a nomination. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm trying to think of someone who's like iconic. Like Dolly and Willie are like no braiders. So they're going to get it. And it's a big deal. They're on the cover of Rolling Stone. I mean, Shania was on twice. Garth was on once because he had four huge albums in the 90s. Right. I, I, yeah, I, I think because Garth wears a cowboy hat makes me not picture him. To, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm guessing Shania, but I don't know. I mean, Ro- Robert Hilburn, I think even today said, well, now that we got Willie in, let's get uh, Loretta. Yeah, he always says Patsy Cline. He's always been saying Patsy Cline. Let's get Loretta, Patsy Cline, Merle Haggard in, something like that. But I don't know about that. Bud Campbell be the other other. They're, they're obviously Mount Rushmore type of uh, country people, but Loretta Lynn's like definitely has to be kind of a pop, uh, pop. Uh, about like a Chris Christopherson or something. Oh right, yes. What I, about Waylon Jennings? Like yeah, Chris, yeah. Chris Christopherson is a good choice. Yeah, he, um, I think he would do really good. Yeah, Waylon Jennings is a good choice. I, I Loretta Lynn, but she's deceased. Yeah, everyone we named has has passed. Yeah. So Not it's Chris like it's almost like is it a dead end sort of. <laughs> I think Christofferson could be real good as a like a songwriter too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, maybe he'll get a his side been, His songs have been covered by rock artists, soul artists. I mean, everybody really. There's yeah, he would a, he would be worthy. There's been a reappraisal yeah. of um, Tammy Wynette too recently. Oh, exactly, and, definitely. And even George Jones, because George Jones does have that. But they're all. But see, that's the thing. They're all they're all dead. So it's kind of hard to know. Yeah. And you know, Willie, it's gonna be a pretty amazing time at the ceremony. I'm. Really looking forward to it. Do we have any thoughts on Willie Nelson? Because I feel like he's just one of those people where it's like there's almost like nothing to add because he's just Willie. Uh, he's just- I think I was just gonna say I, he was the free spot this year on the on the bingo card. I, you know, on the converse of Rage Against the Machine, I don't think I saw a single prediction without Willie Nelson. It was just like the easiest uh, prediction to make. And people wanted to vote for him and they were genuine and they were like, I don't care if he's going to get the most votes. Like he should be in. He's like 90. That's why I think this ballot, what with the results we're seeing and we're going to the next one, there was a sense of urgency. There was, we kind of had, if we're going to go all in on someone, you go all in and you vote with your heart, so to speak, and not like strategically. Willie was like, to me, he was, I think to everybody here, he was 100% easy lock. There's there no way he was not going to get in. And um, all the cliches, I mean, you know, he had a he had a rock rock following all the way back into the mid seventies and you know, progressive country, outlaw country, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, outlaw yeah country. Everyone knows. Everyone knows Willie Nelson. Even uh, you know if if you're not a country fan, you know there, who Willie Nelson is. 
there is a catch up with these icons. I mean, Tina and then Dolly and now Willie. I mean, who's next after that? I know you're going to say Cher, but there must be other people. Stop. You know, I'm going to say Cher. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to say Cher. Dion Warwick, because Dion Warwick's like 80, 82, 83 years old. I don't know if she would headline the whole thing, though. I mean, she already like. Oh, no, no, no. You mean as a headliner? Yeah, I mean, like, once once they're finally nominated. I mean, Dion had two tries already. I'm just saying, like, someone who finally did nominate. They're like, I can't believe they're not in. Diana Ross would Diana Ross? a potential. Um, she has a Cher, huge but Cher would be that also. Yeah. I just Cher wonder how many the, they have yeah, left. She's the that. one. Yeah. I, I mean, just thinking offhand, I think Cher is the only one of that Eric that I think could easily. I say the best for last. And I want to talk about the spinners. Now, Tom, we did an episode <laughs> on the spinners. It was like, I think you said the first podcast episode or one of the first to ever do on the spinners. And I'll share a story with listeners really fast. We did the episode, edited it. And then we got an email from the spinners management team. And it was so cute. It was, it was just, it was wonderful. And I was elated. because I was like, Oh my God, people listen to the show. Like, you know, besides people I know, and you know, we've grown in listenership of course, but it's just really funny when you get those emails, sometimes you're just like, do a double take. And then I had to ask Tom if it was real. He was like, yes. <laughs> but well, I wrote, talk about it, I wrote it I wrote it with the fakey uh, email address. <laughs> Tom Lane <laughs> Spinners, the number one fan at hotmail.com. TL Spinners at AOL.com. Something like that. It tickled me. And I was like, that was one of our earliest episodes. And I was like, what? And that is one of our most downloaded episodes by the way, Tom. I don't know if I've ever shared that. No, I mean, and it was uh, it was something just you know I kept he's LL Cool J's reading the, the inductees and he's rolling through it so fast and, and not in alphabetical has, order. Yeah. No, he all of a sudden he just blurts out the spinners and then he goes on to someone else. I'm like, did he say? Did he? Did he really say it? I was like, <laughs> I was like holy crap, man! I was like, <laughs> I was like, and I started going. I started. I went to FRL on Twitter. I was like, oh yeah, Jesus Christ, like that. But no, I mean it was uh, it. You know, long, long wait, man. And it was worth it. It was like what a what a thrilling feeling it was to hear their name called among the seven inductees. I was but so I happy. Think, I gotta think. I gotta think. David and Nick, who early on, once they got nominated, and I was very, you know, I was skeptical. I didn't even predict them <laughs> to get in, and they kept telling me, "No, no, no. I think, I think they have a chance because they're the only classic R and B act on the ballot this year." I said they, you know, they did. Lucky they didn't put them on there with us, you know, whoever else would be on there from that era, and and they were the only ones. So they said, well, they have a chance. They have a chance, you know. And I was still skeptical, and then I start seeing some of these early votes come in, and they're starting to pick up votes from people that didn't vote seven years ago when it was the last time they were on the ballot, you know, twenty sixteen, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe maybe they have a chance, and if they do good enough. Maybe the hall will put them in as some sort of musical excellence or influence. You know, I didn't think they were going to finish in that somewhere in the top seven, but uh, yeah, I'm really glad they did. And the reason I think the, the number one reason they got on the ballot is I think what Alan Light said back when they had the nominee show in February, the passing of Tom Bell in December kind of brought that whole Philly soul back into the spotlight. And of course, the spinners are were one of the biggest of them all, and they have been nominated before. And he mentioned on that special on that that show that um, Tom Bell's death came up, and that's one of the biggest reasons why the spinners came back into focus in the room. So yeah, it's um, it's just incredible, really. I mean, 
And I, when and, I was on and, Twitter, and Henry Fambro's birthday is next Wednesday. So what a birthday oh, wow. present! He turns oh, eighty-five nice. years old. Nice. So, and he's the last original member. We all know that alive. So, yeah, it couldn't be perfect timing. When I was on Twitter, I saw Chuck D out of nowhere tweet um, Questlove reminding him about the spinners. So it's yes. I sort of kept it afloat by seeing that because he was positive about it, Questlove. Yeah, but Quest- I, there was a clear, clear lane this time opposed to their other nominees. Yeah, and and they were one of the five or six groups that five or six names that uh, Questlove tweeted about, like way back in 2015 of all the R&B names that he wants to get in there. Yeah. So yeah, it was a shock that they were nominated, and it was a surprise that they got in. You know, I'm not so happy when I saw some of the ballots and saw how they were doing, and and you know there were people out there, you know, I hear some of these shows, I you know, Joe's podcast. Oh yeah, we're voting for the spinners. You know, even from some names I didn't think we're going to vote for. I said, well, you know, maybe, maybe they 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 could squeeze in there or something. So yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty great. You know, it's great that finally we get an R and B vocal group in there. Is that the first one since Lil Anthony and the Imperials? Did that just honor me? The, fir- the first one from the performer ballot since yeah. Little Anthony, which was back in 2009. Wow. And the first vocal group in since 2015, which was the Five Royales mm-hmm. who got in as early influence. So, you know, you're talking how many years? 14 years. 14, 14, 14 years, years. 14 years, two R&B vocal groups in. So I think that's pretty cool. I'm really happy. And it opens the door for hopefully the Cool and the Gang and um, LaBelle. Yeah, LaBelle. Or, I mean, even, yeah, Cool and the Gang, you're just talking R&B groups or R&B acts. You know, Cool and the Gang have the to point. be next. What's that? The Pointer Sisters. Oh, well, yeah, the Pointer Sisters. <laughs> you know, oh, it, yes. My girls it opens need to the door for the a lot ballot. of people. I think, you know who's a band that I think actually this oddly helps is War. Because War were nominated three times. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know about anyone else, I've seen their their name come up a lot in the last few years. So I feel like of, of those kinds of groups who have been in the radar of the nomcom, I wouldn't be shocked about War. But I had to throw on the Pointer Sisters just because it's a Wednesday night and, you know, what else am I going to do in my life? I'm just going to say the Pointer Sisters on the podcast. Um, Somebody mentioned the meters to Stephen Van Zandt today. And he said, you know, like a big yes, yes, you know. So, who knows? You you don't know what's going on in these committee rooms. Some of these some of these names, like the meters, might might be talked about for musical excellence. But uh, yeah, let's hope it. Let's see what they come up with next. You know, some R and B act next, definitely. This was like a Tom Lane class. He had like three seventy soul <laughs> era like icons get in, yeah. and it's like I immediately saw what I saw this morning when we were all in the group text. Holy shit! When I looked at the website, I had to do a triple take, and I had to make sure I said rockhall.edu. And because, <laughs> by the way, I'm just gonna say this for a second, they did a piss poor job of advertising where the hell oh the God. announcement was going to be. Uh, because usually it's on Sirius XM because they have the right. Rock Hall radio on channel 310. They had volume and I guess they got rid of it or it's on demand or whatever is going on with that. But I didn't know until after the fact that it was on Apple Music. So they did a really crappy job. And then I heard from David and Tom that they had uh, LL Cool J 
do like a really weird selfie video. <laughs> he's just like staring into the camera like this, and you go, "These are your not these are your inductees this year," and he's just rolling them off. Man, it took him like ten seconds. <laughs> it bothered like one of me. Ass raps or something like that. It bothered like, me. Spinners, we got Cheryl Crow. We got. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, it bothered me. It wasn't in alphabetical order. I mean, no, was, no, yeah, that's, yeah, what, yeah. that's what it's like. He was skipping around, like, so this person's like, <laughs> like we got Willie Nelson, we got yeah. the Spinners, we got yeah. Ray it was it, like, it made me dizzy. It just I don't know. It it's even it's like, the, wait a second, no Missy Elliott. <laughs> no, it, it yeah. added to the confusion of the day. It just, like, <laughs> what was that? Yeah, that was odd that it was on Apple Beats once, you know. Yeah, I didn't know I had anymore. my phone. That was really and the serious, the serious, the serious induction show with Mark Goodman and Alan Light wasn't on till two o'clock in the afternoon. From two to four, it was on. Is it on demand? I wonder because like it will uh, be. Yeah, they said it, sure will it will be. If you guys do, let me know because I have to listen to that because Alan Light usually spills some tea and it's so good. Actually, he gets kind of tight lately, but it's always fun. Greg, what were you going to say, though? Actually, actually, just to give you a spoiler alert, I'll give you a spoiler alert. He doesn't reveal hardly anything this time. Oh, wow. I don't know. Did you listen to the whole thing, David? No, I I only heard parts. I heard Chaka. What I I heard was... I came in late also, I think. What I heard was... uh, I listened to the whole thing. I didn't hear any big things. But there's there's some good interviews on there. The spinners are on there at the beginning. He interviews Chaka Khan, Al Cooper, um, somebody else, too. I can't remember. Was Cheryl Crow? No, 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 no. Believe it or not, no. Um, that was the only the only show she didn't do today. Yeah, there was no. I'm, I'm for, I came in late. I left. There was somebody time. else that, that they interviewed. I feel like people are getting more tight lipped about the topic. I mean, there was a lot of people mm-hmm. who used to show their ballots who didn't. And Alan Light was quiet. Amy Linden didn't do the totals, and it's kind of unfortunate. I think a lot of people ruined the fun. The, yeah. the you know the fanatical people. Oh, I 100 percent agree on that. Some of the right. votes that you saw on the uh, tracker last year didn't reveal their votes this year at all. Like, yeah. like David said, they were very uh, tight-lipped about what they were going to do. I think part of it is, I think certain fan groups, I think, harassed voters. That's kind of the rumor mill that I heard. And some voters were like, I don't have to do this. So right. no one gets to know my ballot, which to me personally... If I had a ballot, which I'm not saying I should have one, that's not here, there, here, nor there. But I will say, I don't know if I would ever reveal my top five, because I feel like all it is, is you're going to have people say, you don't like this artist? Like, what is yeah, wrong you don't with like, you? You don't like Maiden? You don't like, uh, what, you're voting for Cheryl Crow? Well, this, you know, this happened later. This actually happened with Kiss and Rush. I remember like Jan Wenner was harassed in public. People made videos of it. So it's not <laughs> new, but it's just it's just with social media, it's a mob mentality now. It is. The ghost, of, the ghost of Jan Wenner still is yeah. uh, out there. <laughs> but it just shows people want to have a say and they care too much. I mean, this topic is like religion and politics. It's it's really just like a hot topic that gets people heated. You're absolutely yeah. right. Greg, you about to say something like five or ten minutes ago, and I got to get <laughs> well, back to that for first, a second. First, I was going to say to your point about the announcement today, um, I was, you know, I got to work and t- turned on uh, online listening to the Rock Hall Sirius channel. And wait, eight o'clock rolled around, and they were just playing James Taylor. And and then I saw the uh, Future Rock Legends tweet about the being on Apple Music, and I, I don't know how they found out because there was no announcement made that I saw um, at all. So that was weird because uh, the nominees were announced on the Rock Hall Sirius channel. Uh, so that's why I, I tuned in. Um, so but yeah, I'll make you laugh, a- Greg, because I was going to text you this as soon as I woke up. So I turned around because I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm missing something. So I made a pot of coffee the night before. And then I turned around and said, OK, I'm going to wake up really early 
and I'm on Central Time, so it's an hour behind the East Coast. And I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up really early. I'm going to make a pot of coffee. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to listen to this. Yes, like that's going to be my morning before I go to work. And then like nothing happens. And then I'm thinking, yeah. wow, we're, like, what am I missing? And then I'm like, screw this. I'm just going to go on the website. I just kept refreshing it, 8, 8 o'clock, 8.01, 8.02. And then 8.02, it came up. And then that's why I sent all you guys the, the list. And I had to look at the spinners twice and rage because <laughs> I thought I looked wrong. And that was the class. And so they did a really bad job. No, it was terrible. La- last night I went on the uh, Rock Hall Series channel. And when you put it up on the app, it said it said induction, induction announcement program, something like that. Tomorrow, it said Tuesday from two o'clock, something from two to four. And I, you know, my mind started spinning. I was thinking, does that mean the announcements are going to be at two o'clock? Is, is, there, is there something wrong? Is there, are they still thinking about things? You know. And then this morning I get up. First thing I do, I put on the series channel. I'm like, Greg, I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. This, you know, we're getting close to five o'clock. It doesn't feel like, like it's going to be on this. But then I went to the FRL one and then he's saying, oh, it's going to be Apple Beats one. So I frantically go over there. I just get, I just get there before five o'clock. I think I even told, I might've told David about it this morning too. Yeah. You did. He's like, where the hell is this thing? Yeah, yeah. I, I, even actually, went, I even went on YouTube thinking, hey, maybe it's going to be on there. I kept know, looking for Rolling Stone to leak it. But then, I yeah, thinking, yeah, I kept thinking, where's Greg Harris? I mean, what, what's going on here? <laughs> then I kept, I thought, you know, I kept refreshing the Rolling Stone Facebook page because last year they were one of the first to, to put up the nominee, put up the inductees. They were had the inductees up even before Greg Harris said what they were. They didn't have anything either, so I was just like. Yeah, it's, you're right. It, it was just terrible, uh, terrible PR on, you know, all they put up there was on their announcement thing was Ducty's uh, Tuesday. Yeah. You know, they didn't tell you where. Yeah, they it didn't say who, a time. Like, we know where? it's 8 a.m. Where the hell where is it? Time, not where like, and when. It just said who. But isn't that yeah. real rock and roll, guys? Like, to not say a time, show up whenever you want, <laughs> on whatever did. platform you want. Like, you gotta, I, you, that's you, the you true spirit us. of rock and roll. I did wonder if find it made us, everyone... If it made everyone wake up early for no reason, like if it wasn't yeah. two o'clock in the afternoon, that would you guys crazy. got hoodwinked. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Seriously, Dude, no. I kept I, thinking, is it two o'clock in the afternoon? Is that when the announcements are? That's so, because they were hung over, up Tom. At, lucky I got I, up at. I know. Lucky I got up at four thirty as usual. I wouldn't have been surprised if it was. It would have just made, added to the confusion. It was just a crazy year, Tom. <laughs> We're so happy that your beloved Mighty Spinners made it into the Rock Hall. You never gave up. And thank you for coming on my show to talk about them in one of our earliest episodes. People, I still get emails this day about that episode. It's it's crazy. Like people love that, that episode, episode. I think in August of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I think we released it in September, but we recorded it in yeah, August. Yeah, I think it was in September. Tom, it before was we go, I, I have to share a story with you. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> I was. I, I sent this to Nick earlier. Um, uh, a couple weekends ago, I was at my parents' house with my wife, and they got talking to me about the Rock Hall and who was nominated this year. And so I'm reading the list to them. And my dad just tells me that, oh, yeah, I saw the spinners back in the 70s, and I did the rubber band man with them on stage. Oh, my God. <laughs> Really? I was like, how do I, have I never heard this story before? Where are the pictures? Where? Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> Where's the photographic evidence, Purex? Go, in, go into the archives of our basement or yeah. somewhere. There must yeah. be a picture somewhere. <laughs> oh, my God. Tom Lee Joseph Greg's dad now. He's going to get his, like, like you know, like the Spurs, so I said, like the bashing suits. He's going <laughs> to 
we're going to have pictures. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. No, when you said that to me, I was like, no, tell Tom that on the podcast because that is an amazing story. <laughs> they, might, they might just be doing that whole uh, rubber band man routine on uh, be awesome. the Rock Hall. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm so happy you never gave up on them. The committee never gave up on them. They got well, in. They're and- always in the back of my mind, even in the years that, you know, I didn't think they were ever going to get back on. I always just thought, oh, you know, and it's, it's like, so, you know, you have to thank Questlove, too, for keeping the name in there and Public Enemy. I mean, Chuck D also, like David said, for telling, uh, basically telling Questlove, hey, let's let's get these guys in there, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm so happy that they finally got in. I'm just, I had to say but the best for last. <laughs> and that is the mighty, mighty spinners. Thank you all so much for coming on the show tonight. It was so much fun. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation tonight about the 2023 Rock Hall class. And yes, it's something that we do every year now. And I hope we continue this tradition for 2024. I was going to say thanks, Nick. Yeah, same here. Thanks for having me on. Let's do some social media plugs. Michelle, where can they find you on Twitter? And where can they find your blog? Blog is iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com. And I have the worst Twitter handle. I need to do something about that. Uh, MB1A32 on uh, on Twitter. Greg, where can they find you on Twitter? At Greg Purak, and the last name is spelled P-E-U-R-A-C-H. Tom Lane, where can they find you on your blog? Uh, Tom Lane's music blog out there on the good old web. And at JetFan1, the number yeah. one. Aaron Rodgers is coming, so maybe Aaron you'll get a Rogers Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is coming. This is the year. This is <laughs> I mean, come on, we get the, I get the spinners in the hall. The Jets are going to uh, the Super Bowl. Come on, this has to be our year. It has <laughs> to be that your year, Tom. I can't be more excited for you, quite honestly. David, um, I know you're not on Twitter anymore, but you have Instagram, I right? I don't have anything to promote. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> I still encourage everyone to delete their Twitter. <laughs> David's just like, uh, go, what is that? Like, go rogue. You're... Um, What's that term? Grid. But anyway, it doesn't off matter. Off the grid. David yes, he went off the grid. <laughs> it's no, like I couldn't even get him for this show at first. I was I had to like actually text him, like, what is going on? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You guys can of course follow the podcast account, which is at Rock and Retro Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We have a Facebook page. You can follow my personal account, which is at Nick D Bandback. I do an album of the day if you're interested in that. And I just talk about random pop culture things. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We need reviews for listeners to discover this show. All the great content we produce like this episode. Thank you, David, Greg, Michelle, and Tom for coming on the show. Thank you all and have a good night.